Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. China Perspective. Money FM 89.3. It is now time for China Perspective, where we take a look at headlines out of China. We will talk about Chinese and Philippine vessels colliding in contested waters, as well as the agenda behind Chinese President Xi Jinping's two-day visit to Vietnam starting today. I'm Elliot Dacker, together with Timothy Go, and we are speaking with Dr. O. A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Dr. O, how are you? I'm doing okay, and finally I'm back home in Sabah for a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dr. O, oh, this ongoing dispute between the Philippines and China, it's been going on for so long. Is there any end game to this, really? Mm, not really. We have been talking about this like uh, every two or three weeks, right? This will be one of our topics for conversation. And indeed, uh, I guess because these uh, territorial disputes between China on the one hand and a number of Southeast Asian claimants on the other, they seem to be, uh, if anything, escalating, especially between China and the Philippines, yeah. I mean, is there any reason why both sides, in fact, all players of this uh, South China Sea dispute is escalating this at this moment? Well, there's also what we would call an elephant in the room, namely the United States uh, role in the region. The U.S. is a treaty ally of the Philippines, and he has all these so-called freedom of navigation operations in South China Sea. And China, of course, would not like to see that. So this sort of ramping, well, the, the, the Chinese ships, they shot water cannons at the Filipino vessels and so on. Mm. I guess the real intended sort of targets is not quite the Philippines, it's the United States. So it's sort of uh, these two superpowers, they are fighting one another uh, by proxy here. And the collateral damage happens to potentially be the Chinese ambassador. The Philippines government saying they are considering expelling the ambassador. I mean, is, is this taking things too far? Well, this would be uh, quite a escalation in terms of the diplomatic game in play here. I could remember the last time, for example, Malaysia expelling the North Korean ambassador after the assassination of Kim Jong-nam and, and mm-hmm. so on. So, yeah, it's a very serious diplomatic step here. All right, Doctor, let's talk a little bit about Chinese President Xi Jinping arriving in Vietnam for a two-day trip. It starts today. What is the mission and agenda for this visit? Well, China and Vietnam, they have uh, alternately good and bad relationship. Sometimes, again, over South China Sea disputes and so on, they do not see eye to eye with one another. Sometimes a sort of ship ramping ship type of incidents will happen between China and Vietnam as well. But on the other hand, of course, both being communist countries, mm. they share a lot in common, right? Mm-hmm. I think while the, the government-to-government relationship uh, would see its ups and downs, this sort of party-to-party relationship, uh, they are always, uh, almost always quite cordial. So you will see the two communist parties, they will exchange visits and so on, yeah. Okay, we are on the line right now with Dr. O.A. San, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Let's uh, continue uh, with regard to this mission to Vietnam. Is this visit really to, you know, and just to expand a little bit on what you talked about, to kind of emphasize that, you know, China is still around. How else does China wish to work with Vietnam? 
Well, number one, of course, as I said, there's a party-to-party relationship, yeah. and I yeah. think that would continue to play a prominent role. Number two, of course, Vietnam has also been warming up to the United States uh, over the last few years, and China would not like to see that. But, but I think Vietnam in general, it is playing a very similar game as many of the major Southeast Asian countries, that is to very carefully balance between the United States and China. While it is warming up to the United States, it is also from time to time showing that it did not forget its relationship with uh, China. Yeah. So, so just to, to, to poke fire a bit, Doctor, if you don't mind, <laughs> can Vietnam's relationship be given like an upgrade <laughs> in grading in, the, in that sense? Well, uh, a lot of this is actually also quite private sector driven. Over the past few years, as the United States posing more sanctions on China, there are a number of these Chinese businesses, especially manufacturing plants and so on, they are relocating to uh, Vietnam because, well, exporting from Vietnam to U.S. Uh, would be easier. So, yeah, it's also economically driven as well. Yeah. All right, Doctor, let's talk about China's economic recovery because the president said it is still at a critical stage right now. So, in your opinion, was a bold move from presidency to admit that the country's economic recovery is not doing so well? Well, of course, he, he couched it in a relatively neutral terms, right? It's at a critical stage, and so you know that it's, it's doing very badly. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's almost planned for all to see. I mean, that China's recovery has been, uh, shall we say, a bit uh, slow, and there's a lot of regional expectations for China to uh, revive quickly and thereby lead the regional recovery as well. So when that is not forthcoming, I think uh, a lot of us would be, I mean, mean, we are disappointed, obviously, but we also hope that China could uh, really redouble its effort in uh, pulling its socks up uh, economically. Yeah, I mean, uh, um, it's not the recovery we all hope for, Dr. Owen, and we've talked about this several times. Although I, I do wonder, and if you don't mind, I want to touch on some of the language that's being used. Uh, Communist Party leaders pledging to support growth. They've used these words, okay? Further proactive fiscal and effective monetary policy in the new year. Proactive and effective. Interesting choice of words. How should we read into this? Well, the monetary measures would, frankly speaking, be uh, perhaps... Uh, printing more money and uh, namely uh, as it did before when China was in an economically dire state before they printed quite a a huge amount of uh, more currency. As to the fiscal measures that would be again be uh, for example heavily investing in infrastructural build-up. That's why you see so extensive a network of these high-speed rails and, and so on. But whether they could sustain that kind of public sector spending, I think that remains to be seen because a number of especially localities have been heavily in debt over the last Few years, yeah. All right, so we've been speaking with Dr. O.A. Sun, Senior Fellow, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. As always, Doctor, a pleasure speaking with you. You take care and have a great Tuesday evening. Well, thank you very much indeed. 
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.